Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. And you're very welcome back to Lunchtime Live with Aideen Finnegan sitting in for Andrea today. And you can keep your texts coming in on that issue of whether we should tax the childless in a bid to incentivise more people to have children to tackle our declining birth rate. But first, after a difficult few years for the hospitality industry, things are slowly returning back to normal. And as part of the TV show At Your Service, hotelier Francis Brennan has been helping businesses to try and navigate this tricky time. It's back on our screens this evening and to talk about it, we are joined now by Francis. How are you doing? Hi, Aideen. How are you? All good. Great. And I'm delighted to see you back on our screens. I missed you. Yes. Well, we haven't been on for over two and a half I years. I know. We're back tonight at 9.35. They moved our night. We were always Sundays, but now we're Mondays. So I don't know if that's good or bad. But anyway, we're on and we're on for an hour, which is longer. So one, one will have to... Uh, put on the kettle halfway between the weather forecast and the news. Indeed. Be ready for us. Indeed. And Francis, how was the pandemic for you? I feel like that's a very post-pandemic question to ask people, but it's very relevant because of the, the industry you're in. Yeah, well, our industry got a lot of wallops opening, closing, opening and closing. But, you know, we're still standing. We're busy. We had a good June. Uh, the summer looked very interesting and we have uh, plenty of business coming in and we're like getting back to the, getting back to the real routine. We're okay for staff. Thanks for the God and Ken Mayer, we're not, we're not too bad. Are you? Because and, that is uh, a big problem in the hospitality industry at the moment, isn't it? The re- staff retention. Yeah, well, it is, yeah. No, but we're just, we're, <laughs> we're okay today now, 18. We could be all wrong tomorrow. <laughs> but at the moment, no, it's fine. We have a few out with COVID, unfortunately, as everybody, I think, in the world does. But um, apart from that, we're fine. Were you able so to take okay. er- on everyone back off the PUP? Oh, yeah. Anybody that wanted to come back uh, was, 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 well, came back, like, now, a number of people went home, like we had some Polish um, staff that stayed were with us for quite a few years, but they went home. And you know what, I was talking to them on the phone since because I wanted to negotiate why, why did they not come back? But they said that like things had improved so much in Poland and the tourist industry was good there. And now they're skilled staff and sought after. So they're quite happy to stay at home and work in the, the local hotel in their own town or whatever. They can tell so, them back in Poland they studied under the Francis Brennan School of Hospitality. Yeah, well, that'll mean, that mean nothing now to Poland. <laughs> but don't worry about that. So they you, got good experience. Yeah, you're right. Are you back to pre-pandemic levels in, in Kenmare now? Yeah, well, we had, you see, we had a, we had a fantastic... I, I tell everybody this. On, on the Easter Bank holiday weekend this year, 40,000 people left on Friday and 50,000 people left on Saturday. Now, all of those people were going for four or five nights. Right, we're going to Venice or Rome or Barcelona or wherever they were going, all right? Or on a week's holidays, right? But the majority of them were, went away for four days and four days by that 90,000 people, four nights, 360,000 bed nights. Wow. That went out of the country that, were, that had to be here last year, just over those four or five days of Easter. So... Yeah. Like it's the same, we're, we're not as busy as we were last year because Ireland supported Ireland last year very well and it was much appreciated. Now we did get, interestingly enough, uh, quite a number of people came to stay last year that stayed for four or seven days, whatever, and they loved Ken Mayer and they came back since for weekends and things. So we have a kick on from last year, but we have nothing like the demand that was there last year. Because people weren't travelling abroad, whereas they are. They're giving it yeah, a go anyway, now, if they can get out of the country. 
yeah, everyone, but not everyone, that's not right, but a lot of people have booked abroad this year because they missed out on two years. I wouldn't blame them either. Um, but they're a loss to the country. And just over those four days, there's 460,000 bed nights lost, which is a lot of bed nights. But, you know, Francis, a lot of them, can, you know, aren't maybe going away and would like to holiday in Ireland. And obviously the price of hotels is massively topical at the moment. Do you think there's a bit of price gouging yeah. going on? Um, no, it's all about supply and demand, as far as I believe. OK, Dublin, because of the situation regarding um, the Ukrainians being accommodated in hotels, has made the centre city expensive because people can't get beds because they're full, particularly all the periphery hotels all around. Um, like the M50s and all those, those hotels are all busy with um, uh, long-term guests staying from basically, I think, mainly Ukraine. So therefore, there's no space available there. So well, I think that it's, it's only 20%. Uh, you know, it's not, you know, there's still 80% of the hotel available for everybody else. Yeah, but stay with me now. Like the average, I think, in 2019, uh, Dublin's was occupied 87%. So therefore, it was full before they started and now they've 20% been gone. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So... It's it's just it's just it's it, listen it's supply and demand and it's basic economics that we all learned in school and did for our leaving cert and when supply short demand up the price goes up well it's automatic you you are correct that does seem to be the basic tenet of of economics but I did hear a Sligo restaurateur on the hard shoulder with Kieran Cuddy the other week and he was saying look I can't raise my steak prices if there's a concert going on that there's a lot of people coming to Sligo that he you know has to keep his his rate the same so do you think do hoteliers really need to put the prices up as much as they are, even oh, yeah. if there is a huge now, demand? Now, stop now. The steak, uh, uh, food prices and room prices are completely separate. They're not connected, all right? They, they're like, there's a load of choice on food all up and down Main Street, every town, Galway, Sligo, Limerick, Donegal, wherever. So that's not a fair comment to say that I can't put my steak up because the town is full. That doesn't make any sense at all. In, from an economic point of view because there's loads of choice and there's loads of availability. It's only when there's no availability and the demand aside that the price goes up. I believe so you've actually taken pay. steak off the menu because of the price of it. Yeah, we have, yeah. No, that's not right. No, we, we have we have beef on the menu but we don't have fillet steak. You don't fillet steak? No, we only don't, the only one we don't have is fillet steak, right? I'm being misquoted slightly on that. Okay. Because the, the price of, uh, of fillet steak has gone up 42% on last year so it's just on economic for everybody and it just sends out a bad vibe when someone sits down and sees a steak or whatever it would have to be uh, they they get excited. How much would you so, have to charge if you did put it on the menu? Well I heard not me and I didn't work out the, the, the economics of it at all uh, the chef did all that and I didn't ask him but um, I heard a man saying that he would have to sell a steak for 79 euros a six ounce fillet if he was to make his margin as he does on everything else. Wow. That is an expensive and steak. Like, I was in America in March. Like, it's no different. I was in America in March and I went for dinner at Capital Grill, which is a very fine restaurant. Uh, like, it's a chain all across America, but it's high end, all right? And, like, the steak on its own was $69. You know? Yeah, you run a very high end hotel, though. I mean, it, it's, it's well known for being a very nice experience. I mean, would people, you know, if they're paying that much to stay in the park in Kenmare, would they be as yeah. upset over an expensive steak then? Do you know, I figured that they can afford it if they're staying yeah. with you guys. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, no, listen, that's not the one person I'm worried about. It's people <laughs> that come out for one night. Ah, fair <laughs> enough. Yes, yeah. And that's... then they leave saying, oh, the price of steak was uh, whatever. And people get excited. I believe that uh, you you had a massive upgrade during the you know when you were closed during the pandemic yes. and that a woman didn't even notice the the money had punted into the well, bar listen, and lounge. 
that was brilliant. I thought that has been absolutely brilliant. We you might let our listeners know what, what, what she said. Yeah, well, oh yeah. So she, we, we, op- we had, we weren't open. It was like the 2nd of July last year we opened and because of, we, we were closed down, locked down for, um, for the COVID and we were doing a couple of days beforehand just getting the kitchen working as we had a new kitchen as well and, you know, the whole restaurant was completely blown out and redone and, like, if you're working in a restaurant for 25 years and the teaspoons are always in that drawer, the first thing you do, was, you don't even think, you open that drawer and there isn't teaspoons in it anymore, like serviettes or something. So it becomes a big, oh, run around the restaurant looking where the teaspoons are. So we opened uh, quietly and we asked eight or ten couples locally to come in and there was other people as well. And we were, like, putting the restaurant under pressure just to see how it would go. And this, the guests, these guests arrived and they came into the bar lounge and, I, and they were having a drink. And I, was, I came in and said, oh, you're varieties and all that. And she says, oh, she says, yeah, we're a bit early, but we, I hope you don't mind. No, not at all, I said. I said, you can have, you can absorb everything around you. And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, she says, you do anything with this room. All right. <laughs> and I, we had spent 300,000 on that, those two bar rooms. All right. Okay. And she says, oh, did you do anything with this room? And I took that to be a compliment because we were worried that people come in and say, oh, they've ruined it terrible because it's not like it was before and we don't like it because we were very Victorian before and now we're very contemporary. Maybe it's like Botox, Francis. You don't want someone to to, to see that you've spent a lot of money on your face. And the first guest said, oh, did you do anything with this room? So I was delighted. (laughs) We didn't give her a fright, if you you know what I mean. Before we let you go, Francis, tell us about uh, Joe Whelan, who has the alpaca farm in County Wicklow. He's the the first person that yourself and John have helped out on at your service. Yeah, they're on tonight at 9.35, yeah. Um, that's in the K2 alpaca farm down in Newtown, Mankenzie. Um, well, they've been there for a number of years now with alpacas doing walkouts with alpacas for weddings and for birthdays and things like that, which is a nice experience. Um, but they uh, they decided to build seven cottages, self-catering, lovely, actually in a lovely space just overlooking the farmyard, and it's really nice. And, of course, they went through hell because they were closed down, they couldn't get builders, they, they had trouble with uh, plumbers and electricians and people deliveries and then bricks were missing and all sorts of things. So they have been through the mill, but they are open since uh, May and um, they're up and running and they all revealed on the show tonight. Yeah, and a very timely, uh, you know, episode for everyone to watch any, if they have a business and they're struggling after the pandemic with all the shortages that you mentioned there. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody, like one of our, we only, we're doing four shows, four one-hour shows, and the last show, Sweeties in Donegal, um, they're still not quite open because they had terrible trouble, which you'll see on the show, with them okay. um, trying to get supplies, and then they couldn't get breaks for months, and like, it was just all a nightmare. Um, so, like, it's, it's business it wasn't, it's, business is never easy, and certainly over the last few years, it wasn't easy at all, for, and especially for new businesses open. Well, Francis, we're delighted to, to have you back at your service returns to the screen at half, uh, half 9.35 tonight on RT1. And will, we, will you go on yeah. another coach tour, Francis? No, no travel plans at the moment. Ah. No, RT, you're not keen on travelling at the moment, which I can understand. Um, they'd prefer just to leave it alone. So we'll have to wait next year and see what they decide. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get better weather next, next summer. It's not looking too great at the moment. Francis, Brennan, thank you so much for joining us on Lunchtime Live. Still to come after one o'clock, do you agree with the army being deployed to help out in Dublin Airport? Is it a good use of our resources? But up next, we all know that the immersion is a drain on your wallet. But what other household appliances are hitting your pocket hard? Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.